We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Hey everyone, welcome to the Pro Football Focus Show here at Roto Grinders Pro Football Fantasy. Um, I'm joined by my good buddy Ian Hartitz. Um, what's up, man? How's it going, dude? Week seven is already here. While we made it, uh, you know, this far with the whole offseason, kind of wondering what was going to go on. A little too many injuries. That's kind of this uh, case every single year, especially uh, today. You know, some of this mixing news. We got pivots to talk about. Value to be had on this slate. So I'm pumped, man. As you can tell, I'm not Britt Devine. I know you're used to doing the show with Britt. I'm sorry that you have to work with him. Um, he's off playing with his mini Mouse. Um, I'm guessing that's where he's at because usually when Britt's on vacation, it's usually here in Florida um, playing with Mickey and Minnie. So hopefully he's having a good time. We're going to give the goods. Um, we got a lot of great stuff going on here at Pro Football Focus. Uh, you do a podcast Monday through Friday. You do the mismatch manifesto. You got a lot of stuff that you do over at Pro Football Focus. You guys can check out um, that. It's like it's thirty nine ninety nine a month, right? Or you could pay for the whole season, like I do. Like just pay for the whole season. You're gonna use it. There's plenty of stuff to use. Um, and what else you got going on over there, man? I appreciate that, man. Yeah, just trying to hold on to uh, this job until someone realizes I got to go back into the real world. So, uh, yeah, you got the Monday through Friday Pro Football Focus Fantasy Podcast. Uh, QB ranks out Tuesday. I take stock of every backfield. Wednesday, wide receiver corners mismatch manifesto. Thursday, I got a DFS deep dive on Friday. So I know we're going mismatch manifesto and mostly sticking to DFS. But as you said, you, usually you can find something to float your boat somewhere on the website. 
Make sure you guys are following him over there on Twitter as well. Um, he posts the graphs each and every week, you know, kind of setting up where the mismatch manifesto is going to come from, um, whether it be the pace graphs, whether it be the the um, big play offense versus defense type of, um, you know, graphs. I guess that's where we can kind of start. You know, that's kind of where you start the explosive plays. So let's kind of take a look at that, you know, for week seven. There's some good ones this week. Like, we, we have some really good – offenses to target this week yeah and just the whole purpose of these things for, uh, for those listening you know it's every time we talk about mismatches always we got the number one ranked offense in this versus you know the number 23 ranked defense in this so just i, I you know i've made these charts try to show that you know just a more of a one-way uh metric and make it a little easier to digest so you know looking at the overall slate with these explosive pass play rates matthew stafford and the lions are uh, really standing out and i think people really got off him after the first couple weeks of the year way too much adrian peterson than uh, anyone wanted to see and stafford without kenny Galladay in the picture wasn't that gunslinger we saw with Daryl Bovell in 2019 that was truly an every week uh, you know high-end fantasy asset but ever since Galladay has been back playing full-time in week four is a little bit limited in week three we've seen that average target depth get back in to the double digits last week against the Jaguars didn't really have to put his foot down on the gas but I think in this you know not not a sneaky shootout but a very real shootout between the Lions and Falcons uh, maybe Stafford's going a little bit more under the radar than Matt Ryan and company if you want to get him uh, with Galladay and Hawkinson him with even Marvin Jones maybe a uh, pops up randomly and Hawkinson I think that could be a move because this is does seem like the first match of the year that Stafford will have to you know throw the ball to his heart's desire what's up YouTube hope you guys are doing well um if you have any questions or anything you know say hi to us in chat we have that pulled up um Stafford was kind of popular last week and I wouldn't say necessarily he busted because he had a good game it's just like Swift did well um Galladay had what three pass interference calls like and one of them was like an easy touchdown um like so I, I wouldn't say Stafford like technically busted like but he didn't do like great for DFS this is a great spot to go back to the well I'm with you I think Kenny Galladay makes a huge difference in this offense and anybody that's ever watched Kenny Galladay understands like how much of a difference maker this guy is like the Hawkinson call um Tight end's weak this week, and we'll get into that when we get into, like, the position breakdown. But there's only, like, three or four guys that I love at tight end this week, and usually, you know, you're trying to narrow down your tight end pool. But, <laughs> you know, we look at these big plays, and then we kind of look at this pace type of, you know, situations. And when we're looking at pace this week, there's one game, and I'm going to see if we're on the same – like, there's one game that kind of stands out that could be super sneaky just based on pace. Yeah, it's the Cowboys at the football team because leave it to freaking Mike McCarthy to just not right. change his offense going from Dak Prescott to Andy Dalton. I, I love the fact that, you know, they asked him earlier in the year, they go, Mike, like you're running the fastest paced offense in the league. Like, is that on purpose? And this is not just in comeback mode. It's just a neutral situations with the game actually in hand. And they're running, you know, a, running a play four seconds quicker than the next closest team. McCarthy comes out and says, you know, we love our offense. We want to try to just score as many points as humanly possible. Andy Dalton is not Dak Prescott. It's like the Cowboys are the only freaking people in the world that don't understand that at this point. So, you know, I thought going into last week that, okay, they would, you know, take their foot off the gas a little bit. Nope, Dalton ended up throwing the ball almost 60 times, and, you know, we're still seeing them just playing with, you know, one of the league's worst defenses. So my only concern with this game and kind of going to well with the Cowboys offense, I just don't know if they can block Chase Young and these dudes, man. We saw this, you know, it's already kind of ruined a couple offenses this year, and you take Zach Martin out of the picture after starting tackles and 
Joe Looney are all, already out. Man, it's rough. Uh, so, you know, I do like some of the guys in the Washington football side of things, but just a little hesitant to really try to game stack this. Uh, on, the, on the other side of the coin, we got two really slow-paced matchups. Uh, Panthers at the Saints, you know, something I was a little more interested in when Michael Thomas was looking like he was going to play. Now it's not looking like the case. Uh, still like Mike Davis. We'll get into that later. And then also uh, 49ers at the Patriots. This is one where, man, you know, if you got Kittle, I get it. If you got Cam Newton, you know, fire him up for that rushing upside. Otherwise, I almost want to just stay away completely, man, because that Patriots – passing game no one's standing out at the moment i mean we just don't know where the targets are going to go the running backs are always a mess same thing can be said for the 49ers backfield and if there's anyone that can figure out jimmy g and what he's doing you know with these six inch pop passes every week you would think it would be bill belichick the guy that you know helped mold him yeah I, I think this is a really tough matchup for him especially like belichick is so great at taking away like your best weapon like if they try to take kittle away in this game like it could be a rough day um for the 49ers and already being one of the slowest projected games, two teams that do like to use the running backs um, to kind of wear down the clock. Um, I'm with you there. That Panthers game is a little bit more interesting just because like there's core pieces on both sides that we can kind of target. Um, but yeah, like that Cowboys game, I'm glad they kind of busted last week, you know, from a tournament perspective, because I think it's a great spot. And I, I even talked about it earlier this week. Like I think, the Washington defense is in play, even with some of the Dallas Cowboys pieces, if you're going to be playing both sides. So, um, and you can kind of get into that when we get to the next thing. Like we, we, you know, we're looking at pressure of, you know, quarterbacks and stuff. And like, I, I'm going to be honest, like this is one of the things that like I look at on like Monday or Tuesday and I try to remember on like Friday and Saturday. Um, so like, this is always a great article to kind of, you know, retouch on that. You know, the first look at Roto Grinders is also a really good place to look at this. Uh, what are we looking at in pressure this week? Yeah, so combined pressure rates from the O-line, the opposing uh, defensive front. The guy that is sticking out that should be fine, actually, is Kyler Murray, which isn't always a given, so that's good to see. But the Seahawks, man, I mean, the secondary is banged up, but the pass rush really has been lacking all year. I mean, I know they've given up more. It's, it's wild. I think they've, they're still allowing like 157 additional yards to opposing wide receivers than any other defense, even though they've already had a bye. Like, they cannot slow down anybody. And I think, you know, you, you see the outside cornerbacks, like Quentin Dunbar, Shaq Griffin, those guys are legit, but the problem is they cannot pressure anybody they really just didn't uh, replace Clowney at all after last season I think Kyler you know hey even if the passing doesn't pick up man no one might be around him to uh, take that little dude to the ground we know he can run away from just about anybody so you know like going the well with Kyler this week and then uh, just with the um, on quarterbacks that could be pressured a lot uh, we're looking at Drew Locke versus the Chiefs you know situation last week where I thought he actually played a lot better than his box score uh, uh, presented at least it was better in terms of a fantasy standpoint because this dude is not afraid to throw downfield oh my goodness man 18 yard average target depth we usually see like the league leaders hovering around you know 10 or 11 this dude's like Jameis Winston just after an all-night bender or something man with the way he's chucking that rock around and then we got Ryan uh, Tannehill also someone I mean whoever plays the Steelers every week is popping up on this list but it's especially concerning you know we'll see what AJ Brown's status is but Taylor Luan the left tackle is now out for the season not exactly the first game you know you want to be uh, putting in someone new there so Tannehill Drew Locke and then finally uh, you know Sam Darnold or Joe Flacco, but you know you, you didn't meet, you didn't need me to tell you that you know the Bills defense versus the Jets was already uh, set up pretty well. So uh, I would say you know just with this information, maybe uh, I don't I wouldn't expect you know the potential shootout with the Steelers and Titans. I think this could be you know more of a tough matchup for the Titans to move the ball than they've been used to having all year. I could see Ben having to throw more in this game, right? Like this this seems when we're kind of looking overall from that matchup in particular. 
that Ben might have to throw more in this game, which which is great because like we want to play Deontay Johnson and like guys like that. You know, we'll get to that in a minute. We're gonna kind of skip through like trenches, um, trench battles here. Let's talk a little bit more um the passing game because you know, like that that's the sexy part of DFS, right? Like the passing game. Who who's those wide receivers? I I love when I was reading um your article a little bit a little bit ago that like the Chargers are like who you like through the air like they're my favorite offense this week and you know we'll get to that um when we start breaking down positions but like I love Herbert I love Allen I love Henry I love Williams like I was really happy to see like this sets up good for them I yeah like there's not a player on this offense I don't like hell you can even talk yourself into Jalen Guyton a little bit this dude you know he's not getting the targets and he's super cheap I'm probably not gonna be rostering him but you know there is a world where you could even do that but you look at what Herbert has done this year and you know I still see people saying oh he hasn't won a game yet look at how he has played against these teams man it first get first start of his career takes the Chiefs to overtime he faced the Panthers who you know I, I think we'd agree that this Panthers defense isn't as good as they've been playing but hey they're playing well right now it's not exactly the cake matchup we thought it was and then back-to-back weeks on the road against the Buccaneers that made Rodgers uh you know look all sorts of human last week and then you know at the Saints in prime time that's not an easy matchup and again even with a banged up offense Herbert's been balling out throughout all this I mean truly I think if Joe Burrow had made even three throws that Herbert has done this year you know everyone would be losing their damn minds in the national media this dude is truly playing great ball now he's got a Jaguars team that they really able to lock down Phillip Rivers and the Colts in week one. Since then, they've allowed at least 30 points in every single week. Defense is banged up at all three levels. You know, it's a situation over the past three weeks where it's been very profitable to, you know, pretty much play whoever's playing the Jaguars. And I think with Herbert, you know, having Keenan Allen back, uh, having Mike Williams as cheap as he is, you know, this is so easy to make stacks all over the place. I'm assuming Justin Jackson, his knee injury, isn't that big of a deal. Either way, man, I don't even hate going back to well with Joshua Kelly in this matchup because, you know, we could see what happened to the Lions last week, which is they get up early and they're kind of running the ball and you know lost in that Justin Jackson game where he dominated all the pass down work and he did end up leading the way and carries but Joshua Kelly is that goal line guy I mean he got all four snaps inside the 10 yard line I think sometimes we overrate that but the Chargers do seem pretty willing to pretty much uh, kind of have this uh, Jackson Kelly backfield be like a poor man's version of the Eckler Gordon dynamic from last season yeah, and especially if you're playing on my site like FanDuel, um, you know, Kelly really stands out over there. You know, one one touchdown sets you apart. Um, you know, if he gets two, which would really give you leverage, um, not only on Jackson, but give you leverage on maybe like Herbert and stuff as well. So, um, you know, that's definitely interesting. Um, I love your EPA section every week. It's always something that I like to get into and I look at and like, it's not really like that shocking to me looking at the teams that stand out this week um, because those are the teams that should stand out. Yeah, no, exactly, man. And it's, uh, it's just, you know, we've been talking about this in the show all season, like it's just taking, and what, what it is it's combined EPA uh, per play on from the offense and defense and had a ton of success betting the overs on this early on. But, you know, as we've seen these last uh, few weeks, the, the opening over unders have kind of jumped up a couple points and we're seeing many more, uh, kind of in that mid 50 range. So uh, I wouldn't be betting as frequently with these overs. Uh, last week was the first kind of major dud. I think now, now they're 20 wins, uh, 13 losses, one tie before last week, I think it was 19, eight and one. So we have seen it come crashing back to reality a little bit, but as you said, man, it's just a good kind of tool to look at it and see, you know, these potential fantasy friendly game stacks. We have the Panthers saints uh, kind of popping a little bit, talked about the slower pace there, but the really ones that are uh, big ones that are standing out, 
Packers at the Texans, uh, Lions at the Falcons, and Seahawks at the Cardinals. So, again, not exactly a, a surprising thing went out there, but good to see it, you know, in, in visual context. And I think, uh, you know, maybe that Packers-Texans game is going a little bit on the radar with certain guys in that matchup. Uh, before we get into some betting picks and stuff, don't forget, guys, we're giving away discounts to the first month of Core 4 through promo um, codes that are – with every show that we're doing here at Rotogrinders, rotogrinders.com slash media slash PFF. Um, take advantage of that. Listen, the core core four um, premium stuff here is phenomenal. Um, so make sure you're checking that out. If you haven't already, this is a great way to gra- grab a discount on that first month. So um, let's get into some betting picks here. I know that you, you, you and Brett, you know, you and Britt, um, you know, have a lot of fun with these bets each and every week. Uh, what's kind of standing out to you here this week? Yeah, I had a good week last week. Actually, got the Cardinals over the Cowboys and the 16 money line parlay. Thankfully, the Colts were able to come back after that early deficit, ended up cashing that. So, love to see when that works out. This week, there's uh, two games uh, I like in particular. I think the Panthers plus seven and a half. I mean, you could argue that they've actually played better than the Saints this season. I, I Okay, the Saints are a better football team, but to see that number all the way, you know, getting that even half point over seven, even if this was at six, I think I'd be leaning up to the Panthers at this point. So again, as we said before, defense hasn't been playing that bad. And on the other side of the field, the Saints defense can't slow down anyone right now. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore is someone, you know, as, as a Columbus, Ohio lifer, you know, I hold uh, uh, dear to my heart. I think he's a great cornerback and, you know, has his ups and downs, obviously shut down Mike Evans in week one, but this dude, allowing a perfect 158.3 passer rating when targeted this season. Janoris Jenkins has been banged up. You know, they can get some pressure, but Teddy, uh, one thing he can do is get the ball out pretty quick, and I don't think they can really cover DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson uh, if it comes to that. So, you know, we'll see. No Michael Thomas, though, for Drew Brees. This has, he's made the most of it in the past few weeks. Emmanuel Sanders playing some good ball, but I just think this one's going to be much closer than that 7.5 line. And then I'm going to ride with the Bills, minus 11.5 against the Jets. Maybe like 13 or 14 is when we'd have to start thinking here, but I just don't think you can put it high enough against this Jets team at the moment. I, I don't like the term that teams, you know, are quitting or just not playing hard because it's too physical of a game for them like to actually not try to play hard. But man, whatever that term is, that's what the Jets, I think, are doing right now with Coach Gase. And it's really tough to blame them and just how dysfunctional this team has been. So if Donald's back, like this dude on Wednesday, is, he's throwing and limited. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, it, my shoulder still hurts, but I can play through it. Well, look at that. That's not what you want to hear out of this situation. <laughs> so, you know, it's just nothing but unknowns on, on offense. The defense is playing worse than ever. You know, that's what happens when you take Jamal Adams out of the equation and just assume things will be fine. So Jets are a disaster. Bills, I know, haven't looked good over the last two weeks, but I just don't think that these teams are, are, are close. Give me the Bills. Adam Gase is a disaster. Let's just be honest. Um, listen, I'm a Dolphins fan. Um, everyone knows I'm a Dolphins fan. I am a proud Dolphins fan. Adam Gase being um, in New York is one of the my favorite things because <laughs> I don't like the Jets. So um, I love the over in the Jacksonville Chargers game. Um, it's at it's currently at 49 on the DK Sportsbook. Um, I like the over in that game. I think that we're going to have a lot of offense on the Chargers side. Jacksonville is always one of those like teams that is a second half team where they put up points. Um, I like betting the over. Um, when it comes to Jacksonville in, ge- in general because of that. So I'm going to take the Chargers Jacksonville over. That's probably my favorite bet on the week. Um, before we get into position by position, kind of going over some tournament plays and stuff, um, is there a promo code um, for PFF? 
check out uh if, if you want to get a discount on the $40 subscription, the easiest way to do it, go to actually Monkey Knife Fight, which is a prop game kind of DFS uh, themed site. And if you if you deposit $20 with them and use promo code PFF, you get a free PFF Edge annual subscription for the $20 price. And you can use the $20 to actually spend on their prop games and on their uh, you know, uh, just different DFS games. So you spend $20 for a $40 value and you can even turn in $20 into more. So man, I've read that uh, you know, script on the podcast so many times I pretty much got it ingrained in the memory at this point. But I, I you gotta love the fine folks at Monkey Knife Fight. Code PFF $20 deposit. Go get that PFF Edge subscription. All right, let's get into position by position. You know, we we typically start with guys that you like it in cash games. So let's kind of go over um quarterback here. Um, who do you like for cash games at quarterback? Yeah, I'm coming back to Justin Herbert. And, you know, he's a rookie. And I think people have been slow to kind of come around on the guy and just believe in what we're seeing is real. But at the end of the day, he's the QB eight in fantasy points per game. And he's the QB nine in dropbacks. I mean, look, he's able to offer offer some level of mo- rushing mobility. I mean, even if he's not consistently picking up yards, I mean, some of the throws he had against the Saints or just incoming rushers uh, didn't have a problem at all getting outside the pocket. And even in games where things have gone a little bit south, he's had no problem still putting up production and comeback mode. So finally going to have, you know, a fully healthy supporting cast other than Austin Eckler unfortunately but uh, as we talked about the Jaguars defense just don't see much uh, slowing him down and it's just very affordable this week to stack uh, Herbert with both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams even if you want to throw in Hunter Henry uh, in that build instead of Mike Williams I don't mind that uh, at all right now I'm going with Herbert Keenan and Mike Williams I think compared to the you know other uh, higher priced quarterbacks if you try to start getting them in the cash you're going to have to kind of go down from the top of the line running backs which is something that I kind of made the mistake of last week but I think uh, you know staying uh, with the high with the higher price dudes there makes sense and then quickly uh, with tournaments Aaron Rodgers I think uh, is someone that's going a little bit under owned just because there's a lot of good uh, candidates up there but you know that Texas defense they're good but not great and I think uh, this Packers get, passing offense has been literally the best in the league except for that one week and so last week the problem with Rodgers was just pressure it was that simple I mean this was the second least pressure quarterback in the league up until last week and then we really saw him have trouble uh, with that Buccaneers pass rush so other than JJ well, I don't think the Texans are bringing the same sort of, uh, you know, arsenal there. And, you know, going with Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Marquez Valdez-Scaling at just 4,100. This dude is topping the, you know, left, like the air yards left on the field model every single week uh, with the, you know, the deep balls that they're not able to connect on. Only takes one with him. And to see him, you know, at that low price and uh, men ownership, easy enough to run that back, you know, with David Johnson or whoever on the other side. Yeah, like I'm with you um, as far as cash. I really like Herbert. I think you could play Kyler Murray in cash as well. I think he's pretty safe. You can always play like Russell Wilson in cash too, but he's so expensive. You get such a nice discount um, from Wilson to like Murray or Herbert. So in tournaments, I love the Aaron Rodgers call. Um, I don't mind potentially looking at like a Ryan Tannehill this week. I I think Derrick Henry's in a really tough matchup. I think that this game has the potential to be competitive. Pittsburgh defense is scary, man. And, like, you know, I'm one of those people that will definitely look at defensive numbers. But, like, Tannehill's been awesome. And, like, there's potential to get Corey Davis back this week is what I read. So, like, you know, getting weapons back I think will be good for Tannehill. Derrick Henry will get, like, a couple chunky plays. Um, So, I think Tannehill is super interesting for tournaments. And then we already kind of talked about Matthew Stafford. I, I really like the Detroit passing game. I'm not going to bite into too much DeAndre Swift talk this week and um, really going to load up on the passing game here. Uh, anything else for quarterback, or do we want to move on to some running backs here? 
Yeah, I'm going to move on to running backs. The guys uh, I'm looking at in cash, I mentioned before, one of the reasons why I want to go down to Herbert and try to save some money is because this running back position, there's a lot of guys there at that 5,000 mark. You know, you're Swift, David Johnson, Justin Jackson, even uh, Kenyon Drake. But man, if it's those guys are either kind of splitting snaps or, you know, that the matchup just isn't ideal. They're not really getting the past the game work. I think we want to pay up because Alvin Kamara at 7,900, the guy's still like a thousand dollars too cheap. I mean, McCaffrey in his heyday last year was being priced close to 10 K and Kamara is on pace to break McCaffrey's reception record. So even before we knew that Michael Thomas is, uh, you know, now looking like a real stretch to suit up Sunday, I still thought Kamara was too cheap. I mean, he's going to get fed, fed, fed uh, receptions against the Panzer defense that also really can't stop the run all that well unless they're playing Kenyon Drake for some reason so uh, I think it's a situation where Kamara is going to be just fine that price remains too low and then so I'm fine going with Kareem Hunt if he escapes without an injury designation. He's been limited in practice this week with a groin injury. We saw in that Cowboys game, I mean, when Nick Chubb got hurt, it actually was Hunt 1A and Dearness Johnson 1B. The last two weeks when Hunt's been healthy and not having an injury designation, he's been the workhorse. We've just seen it was weird last week with the Steelers blowing him out so bad. The starters were just gone in the fourth quarter. And the week before that, he was cramping. But it's truly been, you know, a workhorse back quarters one through three. So if Hunt is fine, I'm fine slotting him in. Otherwise, let's go ahead and pay up for Aaron Jones. Texans defense, we saw what Derrick Henry did to him last week. I mean, this is a single, or excuse me, second worst defense in, now, in the league now, only to the Cowboys uh, in yards before contact, allows a lot for carry. So Henry went for 212 and a touchdown. Clyde edwards Elaire had 138 yards and a touchdown. Dalvin Cook, 130 yards and a touchdown. Even James Conner, 109 yards and a score. So, you know, going back to Wilbert Rodgers and particularly Jones in this passing game, uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think there's four cash running backs this week. Um, we'll obviously have to wait on like Aaron Jones. He is one of the four that I mentioned, but like he wasn't at practice on Friday for some weird reason. Oh, no. um, that came out like right before we got started. Um, one of the beat writers said that he wasn't at practice. Um, so obviously we're going to have to wait on that because like yeah. that will that will change the slate um, a ton here. But like it's not that hard like it's camara i think he's in a great spot it's hunt and now with the mix of news it's geo um he's not in the, the the best spot in the world but like the workload for the price um those are kind of the four cash game running backs that i'm looking at and i think what's weird about this ian is like for the first time since mccaffrey went down is like we're not really talking about like mike davis as like a cash running back and like Nothing's changed. <laughs> no, I'm with you, man. He's my favorite GPP running back of the week for that reason. No one played more snaps than Mike Davis last week. You know, okay, he didn't – he still found the end zone, I think, on a rush. He just didn't have, you know, crazy receptions. But truly, anything that happens in this game is going to be fine for Mike Davis. The Panthers get up, okay, now he's going to be flirting with 20-plus rush attempts. If they get down, okay, now we might see the dude catch, you know, eight or ten passes. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. Mike Davis season all the way. And if, you know, if Aaron Jones is hurt now and Kareem Hunt's were, uh, hurt now, I don't even hate going uh, with a Kamara Mike Davis uh, kind of game stack against each other, even though I know, uh, you know, uh, just in, in past history, I know st uh, stacking running backs and opposite teams usually isn't best for business. But when you got two guys that can feasibly both rack up, you know, A plus receptions, I think it makes more sense. Quickly on the Giovanni Bernard thing, man, I. 
if it's a situation where it's cash and we just know that, you know, everyone's going to be rostering this dude and you just want to take that one for one away, that's fine. But, you know, I would really caution people on rostering this dude in tournaments. I don't think he's going to get that Joe Mixon role, man. I think uh, Samaji Pirine, Travion Williams, these are like better built early down backs. And I realized in the past when Mixon or even before him, Jeremy Hill missed time, then they gave Giovanni Bernard the three down role. But that was under a different coaching staff. And I just don't know if they view him uh, that same way. The example I've kind of been referencing, and I know it's not the exact same, but, you know, look at the Giants this year. And when Saquon Barkley got hurt, just because Deion Lewis was the RB2 on game days, didn't make him the early down back. They brought in Devontae Freeman. And as we saw last night, even Wayne Gallman's working ahead of Deion Lewis and even kind of similar thing to the Vikings where, you know, I was one of a ton of people that was incredibly high in Alexander Madison, but even Amir Abdullah was coming in and steal the work. So just be careful with these running backs, unless it's like Latavius Murray or Tony Pollard and the guys we just know are going to have the three down rolls. Just be careful and expecting, you know, 20 plus touches because we don't see many guys get that. And I'm not sure if the coaching staff views Geo in that light. Listen, I'm with you in tournaments. I, I think, you know, caution to be had on Giovanni Bernard. Um, in cash games at his price, even if like even if he gets bumped up to fifty or sixty percent of the snaps, I, I think it's still enough at his price. Um, especially like, don't we kind of think like Cleveland gets up in this game and like you know then they're even able to even use him more in the passing game on yeah. you know first and second down. So I, I don't know. I, I think in cash games, um, I think he's worth a look. Um, I love the tournament call on Mike Davis, like. We still have him projected as one of the highest owned running backs on the slate, but you know we have some injury news that we're going to kind of go through here. Um, that's going to obviously change projected ownership a lot. Um, we talked about the Washington Dallas game when we were talking about like pace and stuff. What are your thoughts here on JD McKisnick? Um, like we we kind of expect this game to be interesting as far as like a pace perspective, and like as much as he's been involved in the passing game. He is someone that I just can't get off my radar this week, Ian. Man, we want to start JD McKissick out here. I'm telling you though, <laughs> like we have, like so here's here's my reasoning. Like we have all these chalk potential running backs that are popping up, right? Like now, Geo. Like if we get news that Hunt's going to be banged up, like we have all these guys popping up. This dude's going to be one to three percent owned. No, I hear you. McKissick might like, I think Gio's role is going to look pretty much like what McKissick has already been getting. The dude's caught at least six passes in three straight weeks. I'm just giving you some, I'm just giving you some heat. Now I think it's a That's decent fine. call. I love it. <laughs> Especially uh, against this defense. I mean, look, I think Antonio Gibson is in play too. Cause I mean, even you look at these uh, weeks, okay. Neither guy is getting, you know, the lion's share of uh, the just kind of targets or carries at this point, but Peyton Barber has pretty much been rendered nothing. Maybe gets a few dusty carries, but nothing uh, more than that. And, but Kyle Allen under center, I mean, you know, find something you love as much as Kyle Allen loves checking the ball down to his running backs. Because last week, you know, McKissick six targets, Gibson five. Go back to last year, you know, the guy helped Christian McCaffrey break the freaking record for most receptions at the position. So this offense, this Washington football team offense, we can accept two things. One, they're going to feed Terry McLaurin. And two, their running backs are going to catch passes. So I hear you, man. I, I question whether McKissick really has that, you know, tournament ceiling we look for. But, hey, among in terms of, like, running backs that we can just really hope to catch at least five passes, he's definitely uh, near the top of the list. Yeah, like, what, six for 60 catches and a touchdown he probably gets there? Like, he, yeah. he he's close to outscoring all these other chalk guys. Like, he's going to be in my player pool this week. Um, it's just – he could easily put up two fantasy points. So, like, know that. Know that. Like, Ian's giving me crap, but, like, it, it's true. Um, 
really quick before we move on from running back, we had a question in um, YouTube chat. Nobody's really talking about Zeke. Um, like, you know, even like we kind of skipped over him as well. Like, what are your thoughts here on Zeke as like a pay up running back? Yeah, it's a good tournament pivot for sure. If you really want to get away uh, from Kamara or Aaron Jones or one of these guys, but he's second in the league right now in targets at the running back position. Only Kamara has more. I mean, that was the wild part for last week. He's not doing much with the targets. He's not even doing much with the rush attempts right now. Cowboys are the only team in the league without more than one rush of at least 15 yards this season. I mean, it's been really tough sledding the whole way for Zeke. You know, I don't think the fumbles are going to, you know, be too much of an issue moving forward. You would hope not at least, but I think it's just that offensive line, man. I mentioned this before, but I really do just wonder if it's football team. Uh, and I just love calling them the football team instead of Washington. Now, by the way, I'm all in on the stick uh but I, I just think the football team defensive line uh just full of monsters man truly they've been so bad for so many years and they just keep drafting these big beasts on the defensive line in the first round now they have like six of them over there so once he's like zach martin was the single best lineman left on this team you know travis frederick retired okay he wasn't that great coming back from that weird illness thing tyron smith's been playing so banged up and lel collins is now hurt too zach martin was the best guy i think he was kind of holding that unit together so you take him out of the picture and he's already been ruled out man Dak could overcome this offensive line I don't think Dalton can and you know hey maybe Zeke falls into the end zone a couple times he's always a threat and that's the thing like tournament pivot fine because any running back as we've seen with Miles Sanders over the past two weeks any running back with that sort of role 20 plus touches you know warrants some sort of tournament uh consideration but I really am just worried about this Dallas offense you know functioning as a whole it's like the Derrick Henry treatment give me give me 20 touches and maybe I'll eventually break one off like (laughs) God, I hate that guy, man. Like, <laughs> eh, nothing worse than Derrick Henry busting a long run. Um, Kenyon Drake busting a roll. Like, ah, oh, man, Goodness. there's nothing worse than that. But there is something. Autumn is in the air. Manscaped is here to ensure you don't carve your pumpkins when you're grooming. By pumpkins, we actually mean your boys downstairs. In fact, Manscaped is on a mission to change the way you approach caring for your balls. And great news. They just released their products in UK, Canada, and Australia. Listen, nobody wants to be trimming their balls, have a cut, have an issue. Like, let's let's be honest. That's the last thing that any of us want to do. Let's not forget it's the best trimmer for your butt, balls, and body. The Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology, which helps reduce grooming accidents. Their new Weed Whacker ear and nose trimmer uses the same skin-safe technology when you're trimming those difficult nose hairs of yours the crop care kit includes the crop preserver ball deodorant everyone knows pumpkin spice lattes and ball deodorant go hand in hand crop cleanser body wash a full body wash that you can use on your hair crop mop ball wipes listen nothing better than a ball wipe uh you never know when the opportunity strikes so you should always be prepared plus you don't want to stink when you're around that thanksgiving dinner you just want to smell the turkey. If you suffer from stank foot and stand on your feet all day, then I have a product for you, the foot duster, foot deodorant. It's a free gift. The cooling tree, tea tree oil offers a pleasant experience for the skankiest of feet and allows you to take off your shoes in good confidence. The Manscaped Refined Cologne is a cost-effective way to smell clean and fresh for your date. The Crop Cleanser Hair and Body Wash was designed with aloe vera and sea salt to leave your skin Clean, fresh, moisturized, and rejuvenated. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, 
You so you know your manhood is in good hands. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with code ROTO. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with ROTO. Make your balls a priority this fall. Listen, make your pumpkins and make sure they're nice and clean and they smell good. Um, let's let's get into some pumpkin spice wide receivers here. Um, there's a ton of great plays this week. I don't care what anybody says. There's a ton of great plays this week. But I love the guy that you have highlighted here for Cash. Um, talk to me about McLovin. Your uh, transition game is very strong, my friend. Uh, good job there. <laughs> yes, yeah, so uh, Terry McLaurin, feel free to go back to Wall this week. You know, look, week uh, five, just wipe it from your mind. You know, the Alex Smith thing, that was cool. But the, you know, Washington football team pretty much just refused to throw the ball. They were content to get out of that game after Aaron Donald just decided to murder everybody in his path. Last week, Kyle Allen's uh, target distribution, McLaurin had 12, McKissick had six, Gibson had five, and everyone else was at five or fewer targets. So truly McLaurin, you know, when they want to throw the ball, it's going to this guy. And he has been, you know, just someone that's really lived on the yak. And But it's, you know, sometimes we get concerned about the yards after the catch because, you know, isn't necessarily sustainable. But in this case, it means that they're feeding him these lower percentage uh, or these, excuse me, higher percentage targets closer to the line of scrimmage, and he's been good enough to make the most out of it. So, you know, truly, in my opinion, you know, one of the more talented receivers in the game, maybe not ten, not top 10 or anything like that. Let's not get too crazy, but more than talented enough to just fly through this Cowboys horrendous secondary. I mean, I don't even, I don't think we have time to show to list all the receivers that have balled out against them this season, but one week after another, man, even that Cardinals game last week, I mean, Kyler uh, low-key, like, didn't have that great of a game throwing the ball, but still, I think he completed nine passes and almost reached 200 yards, had two or three other passes where the guy was open, wasn't able to put it on him. So the Cowboys did not move their corners. Their Cowboys have come, I mean, their uh, players have come out and said, you know, the coaches just aren't even changing things mid-game. It's the perfect defense. Again, like Cowboys and the Jaguars just play dudes facing these defenses and keep going back the well there. Uh, for GPP, two guys that are flying a little bit under. So I, I want to talk about two situations real quick. First, the Broncos mentioned uh, Drew Locke's kind of average target depth. This dude is chucking the rock downfield, and he actually had uh, PFFs. He had five big-time throws last week, which was the most in the league against that Patriots defense. There was a situation. He was testing Stephon Gilmore with Deshaun freaking Hamilton downfield, and he actually hit the dude in the chest, and he dropped it. So Drew Locke played a lot better uh, than the numbers indicate. And, you know, with Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy, even if no fan comes back this week, I think this Chiefs game obviously going to put them in much more of a comeback mode situation with Locke chucking the rock around. And, you know, with the Chiefs, secondary look really good to start the season, but we saw in that Raiders game a couple weeks ago that they can be a little bit susceptible to those downfield passes so uh you know while patrick and judy they have some good matchups coming up against the falcons and stuff i do think this is a tournament way to kind of get ahead uh, of the crowd on that and then quickly uh, if you need to save some uh, uh salary uh, I hate saying this, but might want to look at those Jets wide receivers. Uh, Jamison Crowder has been banged up, and Brashad Perryman at 3,700. Dude was eighth in air yards last week. Now, I get it. You know, you can take your probably air yards and cut them in half when you consider that they're coming from Joe Flacco or Sam Darnold. But, you know, truly did have several situations where he was behind the secondary, just couldn't, couldn't get the ball put on him. And for the Stone Cold men, of $3,000. We have Denzel Mims making his NFL debut. Uh, beat writers have already confirmed that this dude is working in three wide receiver sets. He's going to be out there starting. And last week, as we saw Crowder, Perryman, and Jeff Smith, who's now going to be out of the picture, we're all on the field for at least 80% of their offensive snaps. So, you know, if you want to pay for these running backs, then you got to make a sacrifice at some point. And I think, you know, rostering one of Mims or Perryman uh, kind of affords you that extra salary flexibility. 
Yeah, so obviously we're going to have to wait and see if Mims gets activated, but it sounds promising. Um, we're also waiting to see, like, what's going on with Crowder um, and Hamler, you know. So, like, the situations that you just talked about, there's a lot of moving pieces um, that is awesome. Like, that, you know, like, Perryman, man, like, this dude, like, if, if I would have told you week one that Perryman was under 4K, you probably would have been super excited, yet he's probably not even going to be – over 5% on here. So, uh, and they're going to be trailing the entire game because they stink. So um, let's just be honest, but love the Terry McLaurin call. Listen, I think Kenny Galladay and Keenan Allen are also like staples this week. I think yeah. these are like two of the best wide receiver plays on the slate. Um, I have a sneaky wide receiver, but I'm saving him. I am going to give you <laughs> a Stevie helicopter play. Awesome. Um, I, I got one um that i'm gonna save for when we get into talking you know your helicopter plays here but before we do that we got to get into these tight ends like tight end man this is a wasteland this week like you know obviously like if you have the money you're probably paying it for kelsey right like you know you have to almost prioritize kelsey this week because tight end is so weak but if you're not paying up for kelsey like we got to find a cheap guy like Trey Burton made it easy last week. We got to find that cheap guy. No, exactly, man. That, and you know, that, that was my cash game bill where I am, you know, kind of saving salary a couple places. So I can pay up for Travis Kelsey because, you know, he has just killed this Broncos secondary over the years. And he's, you know, he's just Travis Kelsey who cares who they're playing. You know, you can lock this guy and as the highest projected tight end pretty much weekend and week out, you know, I mentioned before, I do think Hunter Henry is a viable stacking partner with uh, Herbert, you know, at 4,500. That's not too bad. Uh, Darren Fells at 4,100. If Jordan Aikens remains out, I think it's viable. But other than that, you know, it's maybe, Maybe the most injury, um, you know, you're talking about all these players that things could change, you know, if the injury outlook changes. And I think tight end is the position right now that could be most influenced uh, by the injury news we get the rest of the weekend. It sounds like Noah Fan and Jonu Smith are going to uh, be fine this week. But if not, we got Albert O at 2,500 and uh, Anthony Perkser at 3,000 would certainly be fine. Uh, plug and plays. James O'Shaughnessy is at uh, the min price, 2,500. If Tyler Eifert remains out, Jay Sternberger is going to be super cheap if Tanya and Amherst Sadie's Lewis are out. So again, all these guys have goose egg potential. I wouldn't be, you know, lining up to play them, but want to save some salary. Can't pay all the way up. I do think uh, they're at least a little bit uh, tournament viable. So in general, Kelsey, Henry, and I don't want much else to do with the other guys. Yeah. Like I think, listen, I love Henry. I, I like his price to uh, the potential. I think like the Tampa game getting moved um, to the four o'clock like slot opens up like Waller. It's not the best matchup in the world, but you know, as much as, as much as we kind of project Carr to be on his back foot here, I think Waller is, you know, an interesting guy. Um, you know, we have to wait and see if Gronk's going to play. Cause like if he potentially misses like Cameron Brait um, becomes interesting uh, we got news right before we started that Hooper is going to be out. So if you want to take some tournament flyers on Njoku at 3K against Cincinnati, I can get behind that. Um, Maybe uh, Harrison Bryant too. They'll probably split snaps. Yeah. But yeah. 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 You know, taking either one of those guys, like they're both super cheap. So all you need is a touchdown at that point. Um, so 
Man, um, tight end, like, I've heard a couple people talking about, like, Herndon. I, I can't, like, oh, man, I can't do I, it. I, I've been hurt too many times. Uh, from I can't Herndon do it, Ian. Like, <laughs> how many times is Herndon punching the faces here and you just keep going back for more? And, look, the first couple weeks with Herndon, he was at least playing all the time. His usage sucked. They were using the pass block more than targets. But you could at least wrap your mind around, okay, this guy's out there. Ryan Griffin is like playing more than Herndon now. So this is now like a two tight end committee. Don't go back. This is, this is coming from someone that went on far too many podcasts this entire off season saying, you know, draft Chris Herndon in your 15th round in every single league, you know, apologies to everyone out there that took that advice, but please hear this advice. Do not play Chris Herndon in the week seven of the year, 2020. Listen, I drafted a lot of um, Keyshawn Vaughn. So um, I'm right there <laughs> with you. Like that was before the Fournette stuff. Like I was, I was on to something, and then um, Fournette got picked up, and, like, that all went downhill. So, Hey, man, um, if one of your biggest L's is, like, just a later-round upside pick, like, okay, give me all the crap you want to give, you know? <laughs> well, I had a lot of Mixon, too. Like, he was my other guy. Like, I was drafting really high in best balls this year. So, uh, I'll take the L on him, too, um, even though it was looking <laughs> promising a little bit. Uh, but, like, top-end running backs this year, like Christian McCaffrey's killing a lot of people. Like, you know, you know, you're not really taking an L if you went running back first and I mean, even like Mix, Adams and those guys, Thomas Mixon, I think is first in the entire league right now in touches. So it, you know, it, I, I, I hate being the guys like the process was right, but I think the process was probably right. <laughs> Listen, you got to trust the process, right? Joel Embiid <laughs> is onto something. Uh, is there anything else for tight end this week? Uh, no, not really, man. Again, it's, it's, more than ever this week, you know, just really make sure you go through, uh, you know, some of these injury designations. I mean, just as we're doing this podcast, I'm kind of realizing that, you know, coming out with a DFS article on Thursday here and moving forward probably isn't going to be the best thing uh, for the folks out there. So, uh, yeah, you know, just really pay attention to that five o'clock. Uh, you know, that's usually when we get most of the injury reports in and, uh, you know, pivot from there. Uh, moving on to defense real quick. And we've talked about them all show, but I do think Washington football team at 2,500, I, at least with the, you know, projections, the ownership projections, I've seen at PFF, like they don't seem like they're going to be super chalky with some other options kind of available in that 3K range, but just 2,500 to your point. I mean, yeah, we don't even need them necessarily hold the Cowboys under 10 points or anything. Guys to score touchdowns. We want sacks. We want pressure. We want the ability to create turnovers. Washington can do all those things. Weird situation where their de- their secondary is like actually grading out really well this season. I think it has more to do with the pass rush, just making life hard. It's kind of like what we saw with the 49ers Super Bowl run last year. Pretty easy to guard someone when you can just, you know, have that internal clock of like two and a half seconds and knowing the ball is going to need to be out by then. Whatever the case is, you know, we got Andy Dalton, the red rocket, you know, injury or turnover prone as all hell under center. You know, I just don't think they're going to be able to block this front. Andy Dalton's always good for a pick. Always good for a pick. Like, yeah, hey, listen, it's Andy Dalton. We're gonna we're gonna get one, um, maybe two, like you know. Um, listen, like I, I like Washington. Um, I'm right there with you. I think Cleveland's um in play as well. Like, you know, cheap defenses are always kind of where I lean. If you want to pay up, like it's not even a question. If you're paying up, you're playing the Bills defense. I guess maybe the Chiefs, if we do get some weather there and it's gonna be a a weird game, but like the thing that's also kind of interesting, um, you know, as far as like defenses go, like if that Vegas game does play, like their whole offensive line got put on the COVID list, like the Bucks could put up monster numbers here at 3,700. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. 
Like they're already <laughs> gonna hit Carr, and now they're gonna hit like Derek Carr even more. Like it's crazy. That sucks too, man. Look, I've given Carr a ton of crap over the years, but this dude is actually playing the best ball of his career. When Henry yep. Ruggs is out there, he's been more willing to throw downfield uh, than ever. Nobody's averaging more yards per attempt on Ballstone, uh, twenty plus yards downfield than Derek Carr. I just wish he would do it a little bit more often. And you know, if he's not gonna have his offensive line out there, yeah, it's gonna be more dink and dunk than ever, man. Also, uh, you know, situation with the Buccaneers, they've already been to leagues pretty much stiffest uh rush defense all year uh so probably gonna be a long afternoon for josh jacobs it's back ian it's back the single entry series here at rotor grinders three buy-in levels five dollars 33 and a hundred dollars top four combined scores count which in each buy-in tier top two finishers in each tier compete for a six-man twenty thousand dollar final listen I'm not just saying this because it is a Rotor Grinder sponsored event, but the $100 single entry contest in this single entry series is one of the best payout structures in the entire industry. If that is in your bankroll, if that is what you play, make sure you're checking out this $100 single entry series buy-in tournament. It is an amazing payout structure. Um, and it's a great tournament to just be a little different. If you're just a little different in this $100 single entry, um, you could have a monster day. Speaking of monsters, we got a helicopter section, and uh, let's get into your helicopter plays here. Yeah, so, you know, came up with this concept last year. You know, Sunday, main slate only. Can't have a top five price tag. So I've been missing on these a lot this season. And by a lot, I mean every freaking week so far. And it's pissing me off just as much as, uh, you know, anyone out there following me on it. But my problem was I started writing an article with it, try to give reasoning behind it. But because of that, I started having to, you know, drive in the format a little more. So my issue was I didn't want to have ownership above 5%. And it was just kind of an arbitrary number. I was just, you know, picking zero to 5%. Okay. Well, last week rolls, rolls around. I pick Odo Beckham because we've seen, you know, Travis Fulgham and guys have success against the Steelers. Obviously doesn't go right. And I look at the guys that dig go right. Justin Jefferson, DeAndre Swift, Julio Jones. These guys were winning people tournaments out there, which is the goal of these picks. And their projected ownership was between 5 and 10%. So, you know, instead of just sticking to this arbitrary ownership percentage I've, I've sent out, the goal here is to try to get tournament winning picks. If that person's at 7 or 8% instead of 4%, Really doesn't matter. So now, new rule can't have ownership above. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, can't have ownership above ten percent, not five percent. If you want to call me soft and you know me trying to chase a win, that's fine too. You're entitled to your opinion. But with that said, my five finalists for this week: uh, Justin Herbert. Can't say enough good things about this guy. You know, I think three hundred total yards and the four touchdowns we like to see from the quarterback position. Uh, you know, in this type of spot is in play again. Jaguars have allowed over thirty points every single game since week one. Just don't think they have anyone that can hang with these receivers uh, just kind of a matter of will Herbert account for those touchdowns or will the running backs uh, absolutely love going with the Panthers uh, in this spot against the Saints look they looked awesome in that high profile game on defense against Tom Brady in week one since then the Raiders scored 34 points against them the Packers scored 37 the Lions scored 29 and the Chargers just scored 27 even though Keenan Allen was out of the game you know within seven minutes so they're just not even really making it hard on him half the time. Mike Williams had a 60 yard touchdown last week where just, they just decided not to guard him. So I like Mike Davis as an every down running back. That's kind of under the going under the radar because of some of the other good plays out there and giving DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson 
both DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson are top 10 receivers in the league and target share. Everyone's been trying to say, oh, is it Robbie or DJ? It's Robbie and DJ. We've rarely seen another situation this condensed in the league in the passing game. And DJ, you know, someone who just massacred the secondary last year, at some point, all these air yards are going to be converted into, uh, you know, actual receiving production. And as we've seen over the past few weeks, he can do a lot uh, with the ball in his hands after the catch. Robbie's been playing great all season. You know, it's been surprising to see him not using that fuel stretcher role, but, you know, you, you remove Adam Gase in the picture and it's absolutely wild what some of these guys uh, can accomplish and then last guy I do like this week David Johnson and I people just must be tired of him because you know sitting there at 5300 you know maybe it's Kenyon Drake and Justin Jackson being there pulling the ownership away but David Johnson you know scored a touchdown last week had two other plays where he was stopped inside the one yard line the Packers have a lot more fantasy points per game the running back position than any other defense in the league even with Duke Johnson back, David's still been uh, the guy, you know, playing 70, 80% snaps. And, you know, it's it's unfortunate Watson hasn't thrown him the ball more. I don't think we're going to see, you know, 2016 David Johnson, you know, every week RB1 uh, return anytime soon. But we're still looking at a guy that's getting 15 to 20 touches, again, against one of the league's single worst uh, defenses against running backs. So Herbert, Mike Davis. David Johnson, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. I'll send out the, uh, you know, true finalist that I'm uh, the true pick, I should say, uh, you know, shortly after midnight uh, going into Sunday. But yeah, man, let's uh, let's get some tournament winners there. Yeah, I like I, I like all those guys. Um, it is not DJ Moore or Anderson. I'm with you. It's both of them. Um, you can play either one of these guys. Um the thing is, like, they don't use a tight end. Like the targets are very it's three guys. It's, it's more, it's Anderson. It's Mike Davis. So, um, my guy, my guy. So I got a guy for you, Ian. My guy is Debo Samuel. Um, I, I love Debo this week. If, if Belichick is successful at taking away Kittle, Debo has been more involved, you know, they eased him back and now he's back. Like he's been more involved here over the last couple of weeks, um, 14 targets in the last two games, over 80% of the snaps. Um, Jimmy G loves this guy. I'm, I'm, I've stuck to this all year, and I'm going to keep saying it. The New England defense is not as good as it was last year. Like, there is, there's going to be a time that a team blows up on this team. And I think Debo is a two-touchdown upside type of guy. So, And I think he's, like, projected for, like, 5% ownership. So he fits right around your, um, your helicopter mold yeah. here. Um, anything else? No, man, I think that's a good call because, like, normally I – so Patriots, their secondary remains intact, which you would think would be a problem with trying to roster Debo. But man, last week he had 66 receiving yards and 95 yards after the catch. They're using him almost like a running back with these pop passes and screens. Uh, you know, one of the reasons why I don't think Jarek McKinnon is going to get all these touches uh, this week is just because uh, when he was getting the touches with Mostert out, that was also a Debo and Kittle out. And to your point, what's Belichick always do? Take away the number one option. That's George Kittle. So we could be looking at a situation. No Mostert. Kittle is being doubled every single play you know Debo Samuel getting 10 plus targets and you know we know exactly what he can do with the ball in his hands and that's ball the hell out you know you give him 10 targets against this uh you know more against the front seven than against the secondary and yeah man I like that call a lot all right well I think um with the helicopter we're gonna jump aboard it and we're gonna ride it out of here to week <laughs> seven um Listen, Britt will be back next week. Uh, it's been fun, man. Like, you know, I, I've been I've been around the block and um, love working with new people. Uh, it's been a ton of fun working with you, Ian. So make sure you guys are checking him out on Twitter. It's I um, Hartitz, right? Hartitz, I-H-A-R-T-I-T-Z. Don't forget the Z. Otherwise, it gets weird in a hurry. But yeah, bro, good, uh, good talking <laughs> to you as always. 
All right, that's going to wrap it up here for the Pro Football Focus show at Rotor Grinders. I hope everyone has an awesome week seven. Uh, Make sure you're subscribed to YouTube. A lot of great content coming out. We'll see you again next week. 